Rise and shine, Mr. Freeman. Rise and shine. Welcome back to another exciting and discretion-filled episode of Mouse and Joystick. I am your host, Kyle, and joining me as always is Noah and Michael. How are the two of you doing today? Pretty well. Doing pretty good. Good stuff. So for those that are not aware, um, we're technically celebrating our one-year anniversary of the show today, sort of. It was actually like a week or two ago, but let's it's close enough. This is our one year episode special. And I guess we're going to be celebrating it by talking about some pretty awesome games that have come out since the last time we did an episode. Back at the end of uh at the end of January it was now. This is our second episode of the year. And even though hard to believe. it's hard to believe, right? This year's already going by really fast, but even though we're only like 65 days into the year that's already been quite an impressive year i gotta say um so yeah let's uh let's jump into let's talk about some uh some of the news that has surfaced since our january episode there um it was announced that e3 2017 or the electronic entertainment expo will be open to the public this year I do believe that if you really wanted to, you can still go and get your tickets for about $250 or so. Um, so there's your opportunity to be on the E3, the E3 floor and do your own journalism, if that's what you're into. Um, also announced by the Ubisoft third quarter sales report that uh, South Park, the fractured butthole, has been delayed until the fiscal year of 2017. Which means its release window is somewhere between this April and next March. Um, the cause of the delay is unknown, although if I had to wager a guess, it may have something to do with last-minute rewrites of some sort due to the way the re- the election has gone. But considering, uh, considering how much they were putting into the the election for their sh- the show i'm guessing they they wanted to tie that in with the game too um but then again ubisoft is uh, a european uh, company so we may never know man i mean they could be crafting the most complex intricate story about superheroes ever made <laughs> see about that yeah we, we, i guess we'll see uh, i'm still looking forward to that but uh, I guess the fact that we're uh, waiting an unknown amount of time for it doesn't really disappoint me too much at the moment. Uh, Valve head honcho Gabe Newell said in an interview that Valve currently has three VR games in development. But he really did not give any hints as to what those three titles are. <coughs> Portal. <coughs> Portal. <coughs> Half like I don't know. Half Life's probably never happening. We just gotta, we gotta accept it. Don't gotta get our hopes. 
Gotta believe. That it's coming. I have, guys, listen to me. He's making this thing called the Purple Box. It's going to, <laughs> it's going to have Half-Life 3 in VR, Portal 3 in VR, and Left 4 Dead 3 in VR. Get yourselves ready. It's going to be the greatest thing of all time. It would be, but <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I didn't mention the fact that the Purple Box is going to be about $250, but still. Yeah, easily. <laughs> <laughs> so each of those individual games, that like a marked up price and people would buy it. Oh, everyone would. I'd buy Portal for sure. Portal and VR would be the greatest thing ever, I feel like. Masterpiece. It would make you throw up. Culmination <laughs> of engineering. Well, they already have um, a Portal, like, a uh, augmented reality video game type thing. I mean, it's not oh, official yeah, Portal. I remember that. Yeah. Although, to be fair, like... The... Go ahead. VR demo for Steam, I believe, or Valve in general. It, they had the portal section where, like, you fixed one of either Atlas or uh, the other one, Pillbody or something like that. I don't know if you saw that or not. I saw a little bit of it, but I can't remember the the details too too fondly. Although, to be fair, I now that I think about it, um, a portal VR game would just be like an actual roller coaster experience. <laughs> It's like yeah. the same. It's a similar sensation. Still throw up though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they, our brains have adapted to our motion. We're not there yet. Someday the future <laughs> will be here. Especially if it's like Portal Two style, where it's multiplayer. You would totally try to fuck with your your friend and like put them in the infinite loop. They would totally throw up. Oh, you know I would. So yeah, that's uh, the kind of gist of it. Um, Valve is working on three titles for VR, but other than that, we don't know anything else about them except that they're uh, supposedly using both the Unity engine and the Source 2 engine for the various titles. But that doesn't really mean anything as to what they actually are. Uh, and another Valve-related news. Um, so they announced that there's going to be a bit of a rework to the Steam Greenlight system uh, in an effort to try and police more of the low-effort content that makes its way onto Steam Greenlight and the asset flips that may you may see on there from time to time for like five bucks. And prevent any crazy lawsuits. <laughs> and crazy We're lawsuits. Yeah, that was some crazy drama going on there. I'm kind of glad that's... Uh, Starting to get cleared up, but I guess I guess we won't know until later on. But yeah, so yeah, just trying to raise that barrier of entry a little bit, just so that the people that can afford to make the games on there are legitimately developers or people that have maybe already gone through a kind of a Kickstarter program, one or the other. So I guess we'll uh, look forward to seeing how that plays out. Um, it's probably it's probably good though. It's been a long time coming. That green light program has kind of just been a waste of time for a lot of aspiring developers for the longest time, just because the stuff you're competing with is just out there in droves, and people can just make low effort asset flips of like survival games, and they're almost guaranteed to get through for some reason because people like survival games. <laughs> hmm. I've only played the same game multiple times. Why? Why would I want another one? Guys, this one is going to be the one. I can feel it. 
they're going to make it through development. They're going to finish it. This is the last game I'll ever play because I will only play it from now on. <laughs> it's like an MML. There's endless amounts of content. It never ends. And then moving on from that. Um, so, uh, former Bioshock developers, Irrational Games, um, headed by Ken Levine, have come back together and reformed as Ghost Story Games. I don't believe there's any information about what they're working on, but it is um, comprised mainly from the core members of that team who have been responsible for the Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite games. Uh, so if you're like me, definitely keep an eye on what they're working on because I'm sure they're going to be coming up with something special here in a few years. Hope so. Her being called Ghost Story Games is actually a pretty cheerful one. <laughs> right? When you go to their homepage, you see like developers with their laptops at like a school and they're like teaching kids how to program or something. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awfully cheery, but I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool to see. I, I don't know why I just kind of assumed that after Bioshock Infinite and uh, Rational broke up, that it was probably just going to be the end of it. But here they are. They're back together. Uh, probably won't exactly be like a Bioshock-like game because I think Bioshock is still technically in the ownership of 2K as a publisher. So we'll see how their creative juices get flowing and how they uh, how they handle that. Uh, probably not so surprising news. A follow-up to... Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor has been announced called Middle Earth Shadow of War and it's actually coming out in August. So it's a very short release, uh, very short time between the announcements of the game and the actual release of the game in just like a three, three and a half month period, something like that. Like in the good old days. (laughs) Good old days when you didn't know a game was coming out until it was in the magazine the month before. Uh, Did either of you two play Shadow of Mordor? I did. <clears throat> I I liked it. Um, it was a bit repetitive. Mm-hmm. I never beat the game. I might pick it back up before this one comes out just to try to beat it. Um, it was an interesting fighting game. Um, like uh, I th- it was third was, person. Yeah. So. Was and it, well, it's not. It's not like a fighting game. I mean, like yeah, it's a third person. It's a like a beat 'em up brawler action game kind of yeah th- something like that let's be honest like, it was the batman arkham games but in lord of the rings well <laughs> except for you're using a sword and a... not just you're you're killing things in this one you can't kill things as batman <laughs> you want to bet <laughs> you just severely maim them i don't know man were... when i was playing arkham knight and i was running around in a tank i felt like i was killing a lot of people somehow uh, no they they are all fine they're, just ask batman they're sleeping they're just sleeping passed out in a coma for six years and then eventually being pulled off the plug is technically not him killing them small tangent here but I'm kind of disappointed in the villains of Arkham Knight like (laughs) the villain of Arkham Knight apparently knew Batman's every weakness including the fact he can't kill people and yet he had an army of unmanned drone tanks and I'm like dude just like strap civilians into the onto the tanks and the Batman can't destroy your tanks like what what are you doing (laughs) Just wear armor made of babies and you win. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> Strap babies to yourself and Batman can't punch you. Yeah, what do you do at that point? Nobody can stop you. 
it's so simple. Like we could think of this. Come on. No, I know in the comics though, Batman. Um, I think after one of his Robins is killed by the Joker, he actually turns not bad, but he kills the Joker after that because he because the Joker killed that Robin. I can't remember which Robin it was. That would be uh, Jason movie. Todd. Yep. In the BVS movie, he was blowing up some people with his car. So. No, man, he was just, he was, he was upset. He was angry, man. It's just fine. <laughs> Killed him. <laughs> it's okay. He was also branding people in prisons and so that the prisoners would kill each other. But, you know, it's not his fault that he branded them. It's, it was an accident. Clearly. Hot and he dropped it. <laughs> it was hot and he dropped it. <laughs> um. All right. So moving on in other news, twitch.tv. The uh, video game streaming platform is actually going to start selling video games in an effort to try and help support partner streamers. So for Mario.io, it's kind of like that. Like the idea is you see your stream favorite streamer playing this awesome new game and you're like, oh man, this looks really awesome. I want to buy it. There will actually be like a little buy now button right underneath this, the channel. Click on that. Purchase the game. And 5% of the revenue is supposedly going to the streamer. I don't know how much of a cut Twitch is actually getting or how much of a cut the developers are getting, but so, um, it would be interesting. So is it only through their client or is it going to link you to like Steam or? I think it's going to be through the same client that they're using to distribute the free Twitch Prime games. Okay. So it just links you to whatever platform or distributor? I think it's their own platform. I think it's. I don't think it goes through Steam or anything like that. It's, it's separate. Twitch is starting to get really big. They're they have a major partner with Amazon now. So I mean, ever that, si- yeah, ever, ever since the Amazon partnership a year or so ago, they've been just growing really fast. Yeah, they they could uh, possibly have their own platform platform through um, Amazon to sell their games. Exactly what I want. <laughs> that would be Another sweet. platform. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the my games. I mean, it's nice to see that Twitch is getting more recognition. Yeah. I hope yeah. it doesn't become a like a I don't know something bad. There's your million dollar idea: is build a client where you can host all the Ubisoft and Origin and Steam and now Twitch games. <laughs> Link all your accounts together. And if I could just pick one banner and have everything. Go underneath that? That'd be perfectly fine by me. Yeah, but you'd have to get, like, you'd have to get all the companies to agree. I mean, not it'd necessarily. Like, it could be, like, a simple controller where you just log in with all your accounts, and then it just launches the correct avenue. Right. Like a one-click stop. One-click but, stop. Game cabinet. I mean, it's an, it's an interesting concept. I mean, I just feel like hard to get to uh i don't know design with all the different things coming together and i mean somehow without like loading every single one like game uh, you just have to run like four bms to get all the different overlays running <laughs> and yeah. then you know good to go yeah, while you're somehow. running your 4k 
the FPS Battlefield one. Yeah. You just somehow open all those and then close them while still running the game that's in them. Doesn't sound very easy. <laughs> I want no. I want standardization across the industry. So come on. Together. Microsoft one Microsoft and Sony have got this down. There is one yeah, there's one simple solution. You could just go back to console. Um, speaking of consoles, you guys see the uh, introduction of Xbox Game Pass? Yo. <laughs> Segway. Yo, money. I, honestly, I think it's a, it's a pretty promising service. Um, oh, so yeah. For those ten who have bucks. not heard, for, ten, for a $10 a month subscription, you get access to over 100 Xbox One titles that you can either stream or download locally, I believe. You get to pick. Or is it only download? Is a gold account required? I don't know. Let's open up the announcement. Type in Control F Gold. Uh, Oh, actually, it says here, Xbox Live Gold members will also be receiving exclusive access to Xbox Game Pass prior to the program launching to the broader community. So maybe we just get early access or... I'm assuming because Probably get like a month free. I'm assuming Ooh. because they get early access to it that it won't be a gold exclusive thing. Doubt it. It sounds so, like if you're a silver member, you can also subscribe to it. Won't be able to play with your friends. That's the unfortunately. <laughs> I'm gonna download. <laughs> I'm gonna download <laughs> Halo Five for the multiplayer. Oh no. Oh so no. If you want to do that and gold, it's about sixty bucks a year. And it says that there's a lot of Xbox 360 games on there. So if you never played some, you can go buy your external hard drives now, kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be fair, though, just uh, looking at some of the some of the games that they might have here, I'm seeing Halo 5, uh, Saints Row 4, Mad Max, NBA 2K16, some of the Lego games. Looks like they also have uh, Gears of War 1. So there's some pretty big titles in there. I think even if this is how it starts off, um, as time goes on, the value of the service is only going to go up and up as more titles are added. Oh, yeah, it's worth it. I'll probably pick it up just because, you know, I don't want to buy $180 worth of games. You know, I might only want <laughs> three or two out of the service, but I mean, it's another way for them to get rid of GameStop. Yeah, seriously, please. Did you hear GameStop stock dropped after the announcement came out? Yeah. Oh, did it? <laughs> it actually did. <laughs> I'm like, you're basically just like you use Game Market now. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they're only yeah their only market now is console players and um that console players that don't want to download digitally and uh now they every single store has to have like uh, extra game merch or else they can't. Like, they don't have enough money to stay open. I mean, you say that, but honestly, if you're already an Amazon Prime member, Amazon's the way to go for physical games. If you have a Prime membership, you already get, like, a $12 discount every new game, and they really? still, they still have all that same merchandise on Amazon Prime for the most part. Maybe not the exact ones, but, I mean, they still have all sorts of other, like, Funko Pop figures and stuff like that. You should probably pay it more probably attention. Because... I have an Amazon Prime account, but I never buy stuff from Amazon. Oh, it's my uh, bread and butter. 
I'm seriously, it's pretty nice. You just pre-order games from there. You get your $12 discount and they show up on your doorstep the day of release. Pretty nice. You don't get them at midnight, but you know, you can, you can wait a day. It's fine. I don't know. I mean, would you pay an extra $15, $20 just to have the game 12 hours earlier? No. (laughs) I've, I don't know. I can't remember the last game I bought on launch day. Well, I guess Halo Wars would be, but no, yeah. special exception. Digital the downloads. last game, the last game that I went out at like sat at a midnight release was like GTA. I think, I think it was only like a year or two ago. GTA Five was mine. I think what twenty fifteen. <laughs> I honestly can't remember the last time I did that. I know because it it couldn't have been for a computer. It had to be. Honestly, I think my last one might have been Halo Four. Really? Wow. It was, it's been a while, quite a while. Oh. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, though GTA would be the last one because there weren't any Halos after that. That would I have done that for? Ah, hmm. oh, the good old days of having to go outside in the middle of the night <laughs> try to get your games quick. Now you just have to <laughs> battle your family for the bandwidth to download. <laughs> it's an epic struggle right there. Uh, speaking of the good old days, apparently Assassin's Creed is poised to make its return later this year. And there was actually a bit of a leak on the interwebs there. And uh, we got some relatively rough looking screenshots of what could be an Egyptian themed Assassin's Creed. I don't know if uh, you two got a chance to look at the character, but um, there is a little bit of information on the screen that hints at the location being in Giza. So clearly it's an Egyptian-themed, or at least set in Egypt somewhere. It looks like the, the main character has like a shield and some spears on his back or something like that too. I'm not really sure what's, what's up with that. Um, but that sounds pretty cool to me, an Egyptian-themed Assassin's Creed game. I'd, I'd, pl- I'd probably play that. We've been Tomb Raider now. It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting, yeah, to go through all the. I mean, there's so many, there's so much history in Egypt. Like they've been through all the major his, historical places, everywhere else, like Italy and gone to Rome and all that stuff. And then they went to France for some reason. No one knows. <laughs> and um, <laughs> but Egypt will be really cool. Um, interesting. I hope they. I, I'm one for story, and I really like the Assassin's Creed storyline. And I hope that they don't mess it up too much to get to Egypt instead of being like, "Hey, we're in Egypt now." To be fair, though, I feel like after three or beginning of four, <laughs> the story just kind of went off the rails, and I'm kind of hoping that they bring it back on the rails for the next one. Yeah, like it. It's it's gone all over the place. I mean. The the story in the like modern era sort of ended. It it could work. It was starting to actually it, work at the end of three, but then they're like, <laughs> actually we're done here, moving on. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's done, and then in four it's like they. I did like the modern era in, in Black Flag. Um, I thought that they'd keep going on with that type of thing. Um. Because there were some things that you, there were some missions that you did like in the modern Black mm-hmm. Flag, but 
then in the next games there like was nothing. So Yeah, who knows? They kind of I mean, just like turned them out year by year and then they kinda just like eh. They burnt out. Well, it wasn't it wasn't like that until after Black Flag. Like I can't even Creed. name the games that came out. After well, after, after Black Flag, uh like that's when they started going, Oh, we need to start getting these out every year. They'll still they'll still sell well. And no, they didn't. Like I think Black Flag was even pretty close to three. I don't think it I, I think mean, it was more than a year. They but. started the yearly thing with uh Brotherhood. I honestly like Assassin's Creed two came out and then like the next year we had Brotherhood. Then right after that it was uh Revelations and then three and then four and it was kind of just yearly increments for like five years in a row there. Yeah, those weird ones like Unity, not Unity. What was the weird one? It was like the multiplayer focused one. Um, I mean, I think three... they started doing multiplayer. No, soon bro- after. didn't Brotherhood introduce the multiplayer? Right, but so. then there's one that was like specific. They're like, oh, this is our co-op slash multiplayer one. Oh, that, that was might... Unity. That, no, that Unity, might have. Yeah. Wasn't that Syndicate was like the co-op one? Wasn't it? I no, that remember. was Unity. Unity started that. Was it? Syndicate was them trying it's to all, get more It's all a jumbled things. mess. Unity started the multiplayer thing, and then it didn't work that well, and then they tried to redo it in Syndicate. I haven't touched Syndicate yet. I will eventually. Um, they tried drop in, drop out, right, in Unity? I think so. I think something like that. Unity's just know. a it's mess. It's been a mess since uh, 4. Hmm. I'm in, Although, I'm keeping my eye on the series. Ubisoft's been on the uh, up and up lately for me, so looking all at... I want from it is to be able to wear one of the dog helmets, <laughs> hood, one of the Egyptian gods, and of having a Ubis mask. Really dogs. <laughs> that'd be that'd make it. Like, yeah, yeah. I won't buy it, but I'll be like, that's a game. <laughs> now that's a game. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Apparently, there's a Sleeping Dogs movie in the works starring uh, starring Mr. Donnie Yen. Uh, for those that have seen Star Wars Rogue One, he played the, the Force Ninja guy. That's, uh, my name's kind of uh, slipping. Uh, you may also know him as the Ip Man or the IP Man. If you want cool Kung Fu Ninja action, Donnie Yen is your guy. So I think he'd be pretty awesome in a Yakuza-like movie. Can't really see much on Sleeping Dogs as a title itself, though, because I never really got around to it, even though it's apparently one of the better Grand Theft Auto clones that was out there. All I know about Sleeping Dogs is the video from Donkey. Oh my I god. I don't know if I can take it seriously. It's probably safe not to. But at the same time, you almost have to. <laughs> and yeah, like, other than that, though, that's. It's kind of all the news we have. Not a whole lot has actually happened in February, surprisingly. I don't know if we're already getting to the point where people are holding off for E3 or something. Like, I'm not really sure what's up with that, but that's, that's kind oh, of Oh, we it. forgot uh, the uh, Borderlands thing. Oh, yeah. yeah there was a, a tech demo for Borderlands 3 at GDC this year. I didn't really get a chance to look at the demo much, but did, you, did any of you guys watch it? It was more of a tech a demo... Bit. Or Unreal, but they showcased some assets for 
Borderlands 3 in it. The art. They, yeah, it was mostly the the art style inside the Unreal Engine for Borderlands. Okay. Uh, and they uh, intentionally did not show the character or her face <laughs> or his face. Um, but they at least did confirm Borderlands 3 is happening. So They had Border 3, Borderlands 3 assets in Honestly, it doesn't really Something. surprise me that they're working on it. Of uh, of all the things that Gearbox could be working on, it's like, well, they're either doing a Borderlands three or they're trying to make a sequel to uh, what is that one game? It was the 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 Overwatch like game. The Paladins? No, it was uh. Oh man, what is that called? I am totally slipping on it right now. It was the, the hero shooter of theirs. The fact that I can't remember kind of speaks magnitude to the actual quality <laughs> there of There were like a four or five of them that came out at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, was it like Overwatch or was it like League? It was like Overwatch. Oh, I don't know. Um, this is, is gonna, I don't know. This is going to irritate me if I don't look it up. Because <laughs> <laughs> Paladins is made by the people who make Smite, right? High res? Uh, yep. Correct. Okay. That one was that one was really bad. So what other, there's Overgrown, which is the X. Oh my god! Okay, that was it. It was Battleborn. Battle. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really, funnily enough, like I was talking to someone before either of them came out because they came out around the same time. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I think Overwatch is gonna be big. It's by Blizzard and everything, and it looks amazing. He's and the guy goes, "No, man, I think I think Battleborn's where it's at. I think that that'll be bigger. I already was ordered it, it and everything. Was and it then, discounted like a day or two after launch. Yeah, and like he's like, I paid the full price, and I like I heard the news about Battleborn like a couple days after it came out, and that it was basically they were almost moving to free to play eventually. <laughs> and I was like, that that just feels. I mean, it sucks that you know everybody came out with one at the same time." Not a smart decision. I don't know how that happens. I don't know if they all go to the same market research people or what, but so or if um, they could develop it in the time that, that there could have been a, Overwatch, but I doubt that. Yeah, there, there could have been a leak from like Blizzard to other companies, and they could have been like, "Blizzard's making this game. We all got to try to make this type of game because Blizzard knows what's going on." So uh, get like, uh, get this. Um, Within the past thirty minutes, last time there was this this, uh, this chart was updated thirty minutes ago, Battleborn had one hundred and sixty three people playing it. Oh god! <laughs> for wow. a for a multiplayer focused game, that is, it's 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 dead. It's, it's, it's dead. It is it is dead. I think That's Halo like... Wars had more people four years after launch than that did. Yeah, back when we were trying to play it. Wow, that's unfortunate for them. That kind of sucks, but <clears throat> sucks for the people that bought it. Copy <laughs> again. I tell you guys, they're, they're they're clearly working on a sequel of the Battleborn right now. Yeah, yep. sounds like a good idea. Yep, it's gonna happen. I didn't think games like that got sequels, but <laughs> what you expect them to release DLC for the game? Because uh, they've already done that. 
did they? I'm pretty sure they have. It's it's Gearbox. Gearbox is pretty bad when it comes to it, DLC. Pretty obsessed yeah, with they, DLC. It's they not have... Borderlands 3, it's Borderlands 2.75. I'm, convi- I'm convinced that they took Borderlands 3 and reworked it into a multiplayer hero shooter halfway through, and that's what Borderlands, or that's what Battleborn is. <laughs> it feels like a Borderlands game. It. They did a different, different filter on post-production. <laughs> uh, well, enough rest, about Borderlands until... Rest in peace, rest in peace, Battleborn. <laughs> yes, yes. It is all out of love. It is gone, and it is not coming back. It's not coming back. <laughs> Don't try to resurrect it. You can try, but... You can try. A hundred people is like... And that's not necessarily even in this, like, close to you or in your ping range. Better chance setting up a land party at that point. Let's talk about some of the games we've been playing since the last time we did an episode. Now, Michael, you've had your first um, your first experience with our Lord and Savior Hideo Kojima. <laughs> I want to hear about your enlightenment. Through Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain. Oh my gosh! I, uh, I mean, I was commentating to you while I was. <laughs> I started the first like two or three hours of this game, and oh my gosh, <laughs> having never played a Metal Gear game. Sad thing is, this is not even the weirdest one. Like, it's probably the most tame Metal Gear there is. <laughs> My, I I just I am confused and I never became not confused <laughs> the whole time I played it. Um that sounds about it's right. amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> but it's like you go oh into the gosh. game thinking it's gonna be like this serious military shooter with stealth elements, and then like yeah. within thirty seconds you're like, Nope. This is this <laughs> this is anime. Why is the devil here? Why, <laughs> you're, why like, he, you're like going why? through the hospital. You're like, why in the world is the devil chasing me? And there's this little demon kid flying around. And why is the military trying to kill me? I'm so confused. <laughs> flaming whale. Oh <laughs> the giant gosh. flaming whale in the sky. <laughs> I uh, To anyone who's never played this game, just play it. And then you'll understand. The first 30 it's- minutes are like an acid trip. It really is. It's it's like watching one of those crazy, crazy animes. And I'd want to leave that into anime, but this game is awesome. <laughs> I, I there's not much more to say. I mean, no, because you you only made it a couple hours in, right? Oh, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna eventually play through more because I need a. I haven't even gotten to where like the dog grows up, and I need to. You haven't gotten D Dog yet. Oh my god. I know, but there's a lot of time to put in that game that i don't have right now there's so many things i want to talk to you about but you haven't gotten there yet so i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how how your reactions go from the here on out i feel like i could make because <laughs> like yeah that began part of the game is ridiculous and then it kind of mellows out for a little while but then like by the time you get around 10 hours in it starts ramping back up to insanity again it's good stuff uh definitely one of the more unique series i have ever experienced out there um, uh, what else can we talk about? I wish I would have recorded that. 
<laughs> the first reactions are priceless for that. I want to see. I want to see Markiplier play. I mean, I don't know if he did play or not. That's a good question. It was pretty big on uh, on the YouTubes and Twitch when it first came out in September 2015, I believe. I remember a lot of people were playing it. I know that Donkey's videos made crack out. Donkey made the best Metal Gear Solid videos out there, period. N- no competition. <laughs> this guy's the deadest guy? No, this guy's the deadest guy. This guy's the deadest guy. <laughs> oh, shoot. He saw me. So, uh, moving on uh, to something a bit more recent that you may have uh, tried out. Um, last time you were, last time uh, we did the show, you were talking a bit about your impressions of the For Honor beta, and now I want to hear how your opinions have either changed or maybe stay the same since uh, the full release of the game had come out on Valentine's Day. Um, my opinion of the game about the same changed much because I haven't played I have played the beta more than I played the unfortunately and I got into both betas too (laughs) Uh, and I I don't know I had such high hopes for this game it honestly made me sad that it didn't reach hopes maybe that's my fault that I thought it was going to be such a great game so it's my fault that it's that I put it in such a high standard, and then when it was below it, I don't like it as much. But, I don't know. Something just feels off about it. Some people are going to love this game for the way it is, but a lot of people like me are going to feel like they can't play multiplayer. One, because Ubisoft's uh, Ubisoft's Uplay just sucks. You don't say. Um, And two, because um, playing against other people... It's like playing a fighting game like uh, Soul Calibur or uh, Smash Bros. Melee or whatever, anything like those. Um, and someone could just hit the same button over and over again and almost beat you without doing anything. Especially if you're not, if you're new to the game or something and they know what they're doing. And honestly, a lot of people do that in multiplayer. And it's get, it gets really frustrating. And for some reason, this game frustrates me more than, like, even League does, which is surprising. And I don't know. The block system, like, great concept for it. It just doesn't feel like it works the way it should. Mm. Do you feel like... exploits... Do you feel like this is a game that could, over time, turn into another Rainbow Six Siege situation? Or do you think the core of the game is too far gone? I hope so. Because <laughs> the concept is good. And the concept for Rainbow Six with, at the beginning was good too. And then it got better. This could get better, but I also have a feeling that it has enough of a following right now that I don't know if Ubisoft is going to go back through and change drastically like it did for Rainbow Six. Well, I think Rainbow Six is just good off the start as everybody just wrote it off as a Another shooter. I think well, it was I mean, just it, good. It definitely had some network you, issues at the start. Right. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if you saw any of the videos from when the first game first came out, but it had some problems. Right. But anyway. I think it was more like what you're saying is in 
for honor. It's more of the way it works rather than it performing well or not. Like just the mechanics itself aren't right. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely unique. So it's not like people are looking at this and like, oh, it's just like this game, or it's just like this game. Well, I won't play it. So I don't know. I I don't. I, it's it's hard to talk. I mean, give my opinion either way on this because I I like the game too. I like the game single player. Um, so something feels off about the multiplayer. It's fun at times. Then other times it's. I I would just rather play chivalry because it's Ouch. like chivalry is is fun like all the time and I mean even when you're getting BS and like that guy comes running at you and beheads you instantly and you're like oh that sucks and then you run out and do it to someone else <laughs> in this it's more like if the entire it, like the same guy can just run up and kill you a bunch of different times you can do nothing your team can suck and you're just gonna lose game to game to game. I mean, people obviously, even by now, have put in so much time into one person, and there's nothing stopping them from picking that one person. Where if you're just trying to practice something, unless you're facing AI, you're just going to be facing someone who knows every little exploit of one character. You're not going to be able to do anything with this character you're trying to start out at. I mean, maybe the skill curve is like pretty high to where, like, once you get it, you get it, and you can play this game. And I never hit that point, but I don't know. Don't they do the thing where you can just, like, power level one class specifically, and it doesn't really affect your overall ranking? Um, With your free car- currency, you can buy um, basically scavenge packs or armor packs, whatever, to get yourself better armor and equipment make you have more attack and defense which doesn't affect it too much it does help but doesn't affect you too much but i mean obviously skill comes with time and practice okay interesting one of the one of the more unique games i've seen come out in a while and i'm still hoping that they can uh continue to improve on the building blocks that they already have in place for for honor there because it was definitely one that was really interested in for the longest time that once impressions started to come out and they I started hearing some of the more negative things that kind of turned me off a bit. I'd still like to dive in and try it out sometime, but I feel like I, I'm not really missing out by waiting for a little while. Another game though, that uh, I was uh, really excited to get out to get and play when it first came out uh, was uh, Neo. I was uh, talking a bit about that during our year preview, or uh, preview of 2017. And um, honestly, as uh, ever since the release of Neo, though, my opinion on the game has kind of remained the same. I still stand by the fact that it's actually probably one of the best Souls-like games to have come out in the past few years. That's not a Souls game specifically. It's it's a spinoff. It's a remake kind of. Um, I've heard some people compare it to it's like. If uh, like if Souls was a name brand product, then Neo is like the Walmart brand of Souls games, and it kind of makes sense. But in my opinion, I think Neo has enough stand enough on its own merits to stand out from the rest. Um, specifically, how it blends 
a cool mix of Souls-like combat with loot, Diablo-like looting and super intricate and deep weapon upgrade system with uh, RPG mechanics to boot, like uh, stamina or all those other stats that you can power up. Um, I'm curious to see uh, how uh, how you feel about Neo after the uh, the few hours that you spent with it, Michael. Uh, I I really liked it. Uh, like you said, it's a Dark Souls esque game, and I went into it hoping something like that, and uh, it definitely lives up to that. But it's also very unique in itself. Um, stands out from those games, like you said, with the loot system and everything interesting combination with the um, difficulty of the game and the the loot system at the same time because normally normally in those in types of games that have this loot system with rarities and everything more of a grindy type of a game like a uh, Diablo mm-hmm. and this isn't too much of a grind game it's more straightforward do this do the side quest do the main quest you don't have to go back and do things very much um but there's a lot of grind it, in neo i mean yeah the the side quests are pretty grindy but i mean like it's not uh it's it's not like your typical grind game it's not an mmo grind exactly it's uh it's more like just repeating the same levels over and over again yeah i i really like this game um i want to eventually beat it it doesn't reach the standards um, for me for Dark Souls to where uh, I'm gonna want to play it again and again and again and again. I think once I beat this game once, that's enough, especially for mm-hmm. a while. Maybe eventually go back again after like playing through some Dark Souls, get something different. But I don't. I, I feel like I, it doesn't. I feel like I may have gone into the game with the wrong mindset. Because by the time yeah. I got to the third boss, no, it was later. Like by the time I was like on the f- the mission for the fourth boss, but before I actually got to it, I was kind of just burnt out on everything. I feel like I was not properly specking my character. I was not really making good use of the weapons that were available to me. I felt like I was just like playing the game wrong. I don't know why. So I kind of just set it down for a while, and I haven't come back to it in a few weeks now. Um, but yeah, like overall i know like the the boss designs are pretty great i don't really care for the first one much but the rest of them were pretty good after that uh the weapon designs are pretty good they're all unique and varied and they stand out from each other so i'm pretty happy about that um but yeah, i think it's just a game that you can even if you don't finish it you still feel like you maybe got a a good experience out of it yeah you just have an animosity towards that first boss because it Gave you some trouble. <laughs> Maybe that was it. Like the first boss was kind of was a major turnoff because I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I'm like, Kyle, just get good, man. I beat him in four tries. <laughs> you were like, what do you mean? Just like, just just dodge the attack. And I'm like, I can't dodge the attack. No, just just dodge the attack. I am trying to dodge. It's not working. I can't dodge. <laughs> like when we first started playing Dark Souls, you're watching a video of someone beat the boss, and you're like, how did he do that? It looks so easy. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I can't dodge that attack. How do you dodge that attack? Yeah. yeah. The whole the dodging system in this game is very um, unique. And the blocking, um, 
if you're going if you're going into this game thinking it's a Dark Souls desk game, you're thinking, oh, if I'm blocking with just a weapon, it does nothing. But the blocking, blocking is amazing this game. <laughs> Dodging good. is for the weak. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends. Um, if the boss is going to paralyze think... you, then continue the dodge. Go right ahead. <laughs> I think I think one thing that com- that's comes with the learning curve slash skill of this game is the um, the stance and the blocking mm-hmm. and the the dodging. You all need you need to know when you need to switch to which stance, when you should block, and when you should dodge, and which enemies you should w- use which stance on. And not, not all that is told to you. I know there are some tutorials, but it's hard to just figure out on your own. It's a little vague, like a certain souls like a game I'm I'm familiar with. I don't mm. know what you're talking about. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. But no, the uh, the stances are cool. It's uh, basically because of the stances, it gives you makes each weapon feel like three separate weapons in a way. Yeah. Just because, you know, like, if I'm using a spear, low stance spear and high stance spear are so completely different, it's ridiculous. Like, they're not even the same thing. Yeah. At the same time, like, the same thing's true for pretty much all the other weapons. Like, you can just kind of mix and match and experiment with something. And even if you find some one thing very comfortable, you will have to end up switching it out for different enemy types just just because of the nature of the way the weapons work. It's it's a good blend. Like, I want to say... That Neo's combat could be better than Dark Souls combat, but I don't quite have the confidence to fully commit to that statement. Like maybe with I, a bit more polish, it could be. Yeah. Uh, like all the has, ideas are there; they're just not quite executed correctly. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Um. Definitely a great, great title. If you're an owner of a PlayStation 4, um, it's definitely worthy of most people's collections. If you like action combat games, it's definitely one of the best. And um, hmm. I'm wondering if I should say something that's going to trigger a lot of Legend of Zelda fans right now. I think we should wait for Legend of Zelda until next month. Save my Ocarina time opinions until I play Breath of the Wild. I think we should just leave that alone in general. <laughs> don't don't touch the <laughs> sacredness of don't. that is Ocarina of Time. It is the greatest game of all time, apparently. Don't, just, just don't touch any of the Zelda games unless you're saying something good. Or else <laughs> you're going to get your head bitten off. I'll just, I'll just say this. If, if people really want to know my opinions on Ocarina of Time, feel free to message me. I'll, I'll reply. I'm not afraid. Come at me, bros. Come at me. Uh, the other thing that's been uh, really occupying my time besides Neo and Legend of Zelda has actually been the the biggest content update for Pokemon Go of all things. Surprisingly, it's it's the middle of winter. It was like the middle of winter here in the Midwest United States with snow on the ground, and I found myself going outside and playing Pokemon Go. Surprisingly. Because they uh, introduced a large update, which added well, about 80 plus new Pokemon to the game from the second generation games. And basically did a complete rebalance of the current combat system. So it was a, it was a pretty big deal for uh, 
some of the more dedicated Pokemon Go players because it means for those that were close to finishing the Pokedex, now you have like another 100 Pokemon to go after. You had, if you were spending a lot of your time grinding for optimum gym battlers, now they, because of the rebalance, that kind of threw your current team out the window, which kind of sucks, but it still gave you another goal for something else to work towards in your downtime. Uh, I don't know how familiar you two were with uh, the second generation games, but I'm curious to see how this content update may have affected your interest in the game again. Uh, well, first of all, it kind of slowed down when it got below 40. Oh, for sure. Oh, you kind of came to a standstill. <laughs> Ain't nobody going on playing in that. But now that it's kind of warming up, and it's, you know, getting above 50s. I've been going out because I work downtown where I live. So I have an hour for lunch and I go walk around. And it's a pretty populated area with a whole bunch of Pokestops and gyms. Mm-hmm. Get a nice a nice half hour to 45 minutes in a day. Come on, go time. I, uh, I was, wasn't one that was getting up and leaving my house for Pokemon Go when it even when it first came out and still I'm not so <laughs> I I want to eventually get back into it um and generation 2 is one of my favorites so I don't know I'll think about it for sure once weather uh once weather gets nicer and I feel like if they keep updating things like this, it'll become more and more popular. Mm-hmm. Not with the people who weren't uh, originally like non-Pokemon fans, like how everyone jumped on the bandwagon when it first came out. <laughs> like even people who are like, "What the fuck is Pokemon?" were like, "Then why did you download this?" Oh my god, I um, love my Pokemon. Yeah, I feel like it'll it'll bring in a lot more po- of the Pokemon fans that left for a while. And it'll also probably bring in some fans that are just video game fans that liked Pokemon a little bit. Um, it'll bring them back, especially if they keep updating re- um, to more and more generations and more and more special things. It's almost definitely happening. Um, Niantic's uh, CEO, John Hankey, was uh, interviewed recently, and he basically confirmed that... Uh, by the uh, the end of 2017, there's at least three more major content updates planned for the game, with uh, the next one sometime in spring focusing around uh, basically redoing the entire gym system of the game. And I don't know if that's going to include another combat rework or what they're going to do with it, but um, I'm hoping, you know, by the time that happens sometime, probably in May, I'm going to guess, um, they'll like redo the way the gyms are so they're not so stagnant or just pain to take down, maybe... Maybe add Pokemon centers to the game so that each place in town, there's somewhere in town, there's a place to heal your Pokemon for free. I don't know how they'll handle that, but uh, the the updates to the game are coming pretty steadily, actually. Um, definitely much better than it was for the first couple months of the release, where they kind of just launched the game and then half the time it didn't work, and the other half of the time Niantic wasn't saying anything. So you're just like, oh, I guess we're just sitting here in the dark waiting for the every once in a while when the game actually works. Uh, but now they're, you know, they're, they're on social media. They're being more active with the community. It's a refreshing change from the first four or five months that the game was out. 
they've uh, they've definitely come into their own quite a bit, and I'm pretty happy to see the uh, the company grow a bit from the humble beginnings that they had. Uh, let's uh, let's talk some Rainbow Six Siege, guys. I know uh, maybe the past week or two we haven't been as active with the game, but uh, there was a big Velvet Shell update for that game, which included the two new operators and a new map. Uh, you guys have any strong opinions on some of the new changes from Rainbow Six Siege that really uh, jump out at you? Um, I don't know. I guess kind of the whole thing about them is once they update it, they almost create more problems. But overall, <laughs> I think we had a pretty good experience with it. The new operators uh, added, I think, quite a bit uh, to the mechanics of how the games work now. More so on defending, mm-hmm. um, and then inversely on attacking, because now they have to avoid. I feel like uh, I definitely feel like uh, Mira, the defending yeah. operator, was a bigger game changer than uh, Jackal was. Although, like, I kind of little... I see what they were trying to do with Jackal being an offensive tracker, so that uh, if people are just kind of roaming around the map when they're supposed to be defending, they're trying to cut down on that aspect of the game and. It kind of works sometimes, but not always. Uh, but yeah, definitely, like, of the two, I definitely think Mirror was uh, the bigger game changer, adding the uh, one-way viewable mirrors for uh, reinforced walls. It adds just a whole new dynamic where, you, you know, you peek down a hallway, and instead of just seeing a reinforced wall, and you're like, oh, okay, I can go down here, it's fine. Now, if you see the window there, you're like, oh, okay, there's a highly probable chance that someone actually just saw me peek around the corner now, so I don't know if I should proceed Maybe I should, you know, try going upstairs and go through the, f- the ceiling or maybe try to go down the basement and get to the other side. Like, it adds a whole new dynamic to the game, which is really interesting to see play out. Yeah, I like. I, I thought it was a very good update and uh, I'm promising kind of shows what, what they're capable for the next couple operators for season two. Sometimes Ubisoft... Does right. Sometimes. Sometimes. I'll give credit where credit is due. Talking um, about bad. <laughs> it's not talking about bad. <laughs> this is uh, really disappointing for me. If, if it's what I think you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Halo Wars 2. <laughs> came out. Uh, whichever day. Uh, that was like February second, February twenty second, twenty first, sometime. Twenty first, yeah. Seventeenth. Um, people who decided it was going to be flawless launch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> worth getting early. Uh, unfortunately for all of us, since we, uh, the three of us, really loved the first Halo Wars, um, and we were really looking forward to the second one, um. This launch was not the greatest. Uh, the servers for every single aspect of Halo Wars were pretty bad. It was even hard to open the game sometimes. Uh, but and once you finally got into the game, uh, multiplayer was as uh, worse than the the uh, For Honor beta was, which is saying a lot. <laughs> you could not get into a game. And if you did, someone would get kicked out either immediately or within two minutes. And even up to, like, 
10, 15 minutes into the game after being connected the whole time. I would and compare it to the first month of trying to play Grand Theft Auto V online. Oh. That's, that's a good comparison. It, it's rough. It was just it was not doable. <laughs> Try to get into a team game, it was not going to happen. Like I think we tried, what, like maybe three games in a row that one time, and we kept getting matched against the same team. And yeah. the enemy team kept getting one of their players disconnected because of the server, and which then you know the other two players would drop out because so they're not outnumbered and they can go play with their friend again. And we're just sitting there like, oh, I guess we're gonna win the game because the server said we could. Yay! It was weird. Yeah. Yeah, it was. An, it was an unfortunately rough launch for Halo Wars Two, which is it's a shame because I don't really feel like. RTS games are one that can afford to have a launch like that and then try to recover later on. Uh, I'm sure Halo Wars 2 will still do fine for the most part. It's definitely a game that uh, now that the server issues apparently are better, I, I kind of want to go back and play it some more because when the game was working, it was quite a bit like how I remember the original Halo Wars. Like All the mechanics were still there and very similar. Some of the new units were really cool and interesting. Some of the new heroes were, had some cool mechanics that I wanted to experiment with a bit more, especially the uh, the new uh, Covenant guy. What's his name? Uh, Damascus. Uh, no, the, uh, the one of the 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 teleporting. What was that guy? Oh, Shipmaster. Shipmaster. That that's a cool Bro. concept for a a leader Boy. there. <laughs> really annoying to play against, but it'd be super fun to play as I feel like having the ability to just like teleport chunks of enemy yourself. armies to a different place in the map or teleport yourself like there's some cool strategic possibilities there but yeah unfortunately the uh, the server issues made trying to play multiplayer matches almost impossible um have uh have the two of you finished the campaign of the game yet yeah i have like three missions left okay i because i've i've only made it about halfway through i i did like the first six or seven missions so i still gotta a few more it to was, go. We ran into that issue where it was like trying to update, but it was updating like very, very slowly. That's right. <laughs> and then and I, I just, didn't have an update. Yeah. <laughs> oh so my I God. just like let it sit for a while until you can come back to it another day. I, I, uh, I beat the campaign, and the campaign was really good, and it stands up to the old one. Uh, it, I won't spoil anything, but it does end on a cliffhanger. So no. either that, either that means single player DLC, or hopefully Halo Wars Three. We don't know yet. There is confirmed DLC, but we don't know if it. Yeah, right. I don't know if it's just maps and then extra people you can play as or not. But I'm assuming it will be since Forge was the quote unquote first DLC. Yeah, it's kind of weird how they did that. He was like one of the more iconic characters from the first game. Oh, he's going to be a DLC in this one. Okay. Oh, he's, he's not alive cool. in the story, but you know, we'll it's, put him in the game. It's fine. But yeah, uh, cinematics were actually really, oh, really good in the game. Like, I could just sit back and watch like a splice together movie from those cutscenes. They were gorgeous. Halo. If like if anybody made a movie, I'm pretty sure I'd want them to do the. I could probably go on YouTube right now and find a Halo Wars Two movie or something like that. Kind of curious now, so I'm gonna go ahead and uh, go ahead and take a look at that while you two uh, talk about Ghost Recon Wildlands beta. Hey, it's a uh, pretty solid. I liked it. Uh, for Ubisoft game, it worked pretty well. 
Ubisoft. It's what I imagine. Ubisoft. <laughs> what I imagine a cross between Far Cry and Rainbow Six. There's like a kind of a good hybrid where they have the expansive maps from Far Cry, but then they have some of the bullet physics and customization from Rainbow. Not to make it seem like it's just a copy of those, but yeah, I I don't know about Far Cry um, saying it's like that. I don't know playing the next game we're gonna talk about, and then talk about Far Cry leaves a <laughs> sour taste in my mouth. Just because the more I think about Far Cry, the more I'm like, these games weren't good. <laughs> they, I mean, they were, but they weren't like. There's a lot that I didn't realize about Cry that wasn't good that I was sort of like just be like I was playing it I'm like oh yeah sure I guess I'll just accept that this is in the game and then you play this and it's like why now I <laughs> I have seen the better why 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 did I not see this when I was playing the worst but I I think Ghost Recon is more of a mix of a it's not a, it's more open world than a Far Cry and better everything, I guess. <laughs> I just saw some of yeah. the mechanics carried By the way, yeah. like, if you want to watch a Halo Wars 2 movie, it's about two hours long. Oh god. <laughs> Wait, just from the cinematics? Well, there's a couple versions that are like an hour and ten minutes long, and there's others that are like two hours and a half, mm. so... Take your pick. Oh, okay. But yeah, um, good cutscenes. Anyway, um, Ghost Recon's Wildlands. Yeah, so like uh, they have the same base system that they did in Far Cry where they have like speakers and lights and generators and then you could alert guards or not alert them, do it completely and stuff like that. So like they carried some of that over where I could see some similarities between the two games. Um, but as far as like the hit scan system or the bullet physics system they use, it felt like original for that game. Um, and they had a gun customization that looked like it's pretty in depth. Mm-hmm. I think they called the gunsmith, and I think it was uh, very well fleshed out. And we only got to see like a handful of game or a handful of guns that they had in it. But it felt um, like it wasn't cheap. It wasn't just like a visual thing. It actually affected like the functionality of a lot of the guns. Um, another thing I want to give them praise for, the scopes feel very, very good. For sure. No, like, I don't, I don't know what, I've never held any of those guns in real life, but if I would imagine holding one in real life, that's what I imagine it would be like. I, I do want to say that, um, sure, none of us have played it, like, most of the games, especially the recent ones. Um, so if anyone's played a Ghost Recon game, this is definitely like a Ghost Recon game from what I remember playing an older one, um, with the, the guns and the way team members and way missions and everything work. It feels a lot like another Ghost, Ghost Recon game. Um, I know it's been a while, I think, since the last one came out. I think uh was the last one. I think the last time a ghost recon game count was Future Soldier and that was like 2012, 2013. Yeah. So, so it's like it's it's been a while. And this game is really good. 
when uh in a lot of the things that wants to it's trying to accomplish it did it did most things well and i hope that the multiplayer stands up to what it did in the beta because it actually did work the drop in and drop out did work mm-hmm. and uh i really liked the single player missions i there were some repetitiveness of of typical play games when it comes to side missions um but i i i feel like there's enough of a reason to get those things for the side missions that you're going to actually still want to do them i don't know if this and... is just my opinion but i don't know if i'd recommend this game as a a single player experience it's, oh, no. it's definitely no. much stronger as a co-op experience. Yeah, I think it's, half the fun comes from goofing around. Yeah, I, I it's a, it's definitely a lot of fun to do uh, to play with multiplayer. I feel like though, if if you want the the story, if you just want the story, do a quick playthrough of single player with the AI. And all their talking and all that, but if you're yeah, if you're in for for like fun and doing all this random stuff, flying around helicopters and stuff, do it with a bunch of friends. It's almost like Grand Theft Auto multiplayer with friends, except for more realistic. Should be interesting. Um, yeah, the uh, just a little snippet we got from the open beta was. Pretty fun, but not, I I wasn't totally blown away by anything. I think, uh, yeah. If you're if you're like looking for a game to get with some buddies of yours, this is definitely a solid one to look at. Um, especially since uh, once the four release comes, I think the customization and hopefully the variety of uh, different missions will be enough to carry the game. Because just what we got from the beta was definitely more of a like a tease and not really the full experience. I feel like, yeah. I mean, the game is pretty big, and it seems like it's at least like a game. I think uh, I think the reviews have started coming out for it, and they're they're pretty positive, mostly positive so far. I haven't, I haven't looked I at think... the uh, like cumulative score or anything like that, but it seems like most people that played it have uh, been giving it a thumbs up. Uh, as we're as we're moving on, I want to hear from Michael since he's the only one that's played it. But I want to hear his opinions on one of the most anticipated games of the entire year. Talk to me about PlayStation's newest, biggest exclusive launch, Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay, Horizon Zero Dawn is a game I've been looking forward to ever since I first saw the teaser video of back in like. Africa or whatever it was, and what was it about that teaser I, that totally sold you on the game? Um, I mean, it was partially robot dinosaurs. It's a good, good place to start. It was, it was also that like feel of this is prehistoric, but it's actually in the future, and there's a there's any way you put that, there's got to be a ton of story behind there. Like, what's the reason why this happened? Why did everything fall? Why are there now robots? Why this and that? And everything, like, it just, everything sparked my curiosity about all that. So, 
I I don't know. I fell in love instantly as soon as I heard about this game. Um, I mean, you we we talked about it like in in anticipation, like ever since we heard the release date and we saw the videos actually mm-hmm. from E3 and all that. I well, now the game's finally come out, and it seems to be living <laughs> up to the hype. Oh, for sure. Yes. Uh, this game is open world and it's it's Far Cry-esque, which is what I was getting at earlier. Um, I, it's, hard, it's, it's hard to relate it to anything else just because Far Cry was very open world and Far Cry Primal, the game I just recently beat, <laughs> um, is like it because there's not dinosaurs, but there's prehistoric things that you're fighting in that one. There's also and, like a mechanical bison and like deer-like creatures and stuff too, right? Yes, there's uh, there's like deer, and then there's also like antelopes. There's uh, bison and ox-like things, and um, there are some unique ones that are like. It could be a mix of animals, actually. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, the the variety. There's like, there's definitely over twenty different kinds of uh, uh, the robot, animal, dinosaur type thing. Um, I don't know the exact number. There, I don't remember it. It's it's over twenty though. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Now here, here's a question for you. Let's say I am I'm going out and I'm I'm looking for an open world game to play. Why should I consider Horizon Zero Dawn over some other established franchise? Um this game takes the things that are in open world games like this and it refined like all of them. All of the things that uh, all of the qualities of an open world game that like this it it uh it refined the the bow and this the bow how the bow works in this game uh actually feels better than the uh the tomb raider series which up to this point i thought that was the best best feeling for a bow in a game i've ever played and this one actually feels better and more refined in like the accuracy the way the arrows drop the way uh how if you hold it longer, the way it shoots different, the damage it does, and there's actually three different types of bows, and they do different things. Um, the the different weapons in this game are actually super unique. Um, uh, if you've seen the videos, you know there's a gun that you shoot ropes out of and in, to tie the creatures down. Mm-hmm. There's also one that you can shoot traps out of the, for an, the robots to run through, there's one. There's a, actually a slingshot that you can shoot uh, bombs at them, and then there's sort of a machine gun type thing that's meant to like shred armor off of them, so you can shoot their weaker areas with your bow. And then obviously your spear. Um, there's also the side missions in this are. Uh, all unique to where you know it's a one of those good uh, 
one of those good open world RPG type games to where you're not just repeating the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. like in the Far Cry slash Ubisoft games. It's definitely good to hear. Main, main story of this is driven by, you know, loss and revenge. But, you know, it's not just for revenge, it's for justice, that type of thing. Okay. And it's also driven by curiosity and why is all this happening? What is happening exactly? What's with all the robots, basically? And it just, I don't know. It encaptured everything I wanted this game to be, and I'm not disappointed in the least. What you're saying has me quite excited for it. If it wasn't for the fact that I'm picking up uh, a Switch and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild in a couple of days here, I'd be all over Horizon Zero Dawn right now, for sure. Don't blame you because I mean, Legends of Zelda. It's kind of looks amazing. It's kind of coincidental that like we just so happen to be getting like two of the absolute best open world games in their own ways, yeah. right? Like five days apart. It's just like, oh, it's kind of unfair. You know, like yes. people that like open world games are going to want to play both of the top tier open world games that are coming out. But you know, I know. it's not, it's not going to happen. Not always going to happen. Um, that's definitely a game. Horizon Zero Dawn is definitely a game. I'll be going back and checking out maybe during a slower part of this year. I guess I guess we'll see, but so far, um, 2017 seems to be just going by at a really quick pace with you know incredible, incredibly good game like just month after month. So uh, I'll I'll have to squeeze in time for that eventually. But but yeah, I'm glad to hear that it it seems to be living up to most of the hype at the very least. And uh, in, in between releases, um, I know that at least the two of you have been playing a bit of League of Legends there. That's it's always something nice to go back to, I feel like. Uh how has uh, some of the more recent updates been affecting the game in your opinion and and uh, have you uh, have you been watching some of the LCS games and how have those uh competitive games been going for you? Um I uh I kinda like drifted away for a little bit <clears throat> but I came back uh, obviously for my boys fly and mm-hmm. C9. Basically C9 times two this season. <laughs> Can't get enough They're of that. so entertaining to watch. <laughs> the really the thing I love about Fly is they pick people who aren't exactly the most popular in the meta. Kind of try it out. Mm-hmm. Or not just to try it out, they just want to play it. But I think that that's something that we need to see more of because there's very small diversity percentages for champs that are played. I think they might start trending it back into the norm, but probably not because uh, it wants to give up win because of champ picks. So Right. I don't know. But overall, it's been pretty entertaining. Most of the games have been fairly similar with the exception of a few team fights here and there that are pretty good. Um, the meta is kind of sitting in a weird spot. Uh, especially with the top lane tanks are back, which is gross. But yeah. <laughs> What you gonna do about it? Man, League of Legends I... is one of those games where every time I feel like I'm getting out of it, something kind of interesting comes along. I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. Let's see how this plays out. 
I'll watch from afar, very quietly, just seeing how what happens. <laughs> Man, it looks kind of fun. I kind of want to play now. <sighs> Forgot how much I Don't hate this game. It. I hate this game. Oh, that looks interesting. Yeah, I, I am mostly just playing it right now for Earth, just because as much as Earth frustrates me, it's also fun to bam everything <laughs> better sometimes. Uh. I'm really interested in watching the LCS a lot, and it's a really unique thing. Well, it's not too unique anymore because so many games have um, have like a professional, I guess you could say, type of uh, major league gaming. Uh, like I know League obviously wasn't the first one. There was Counter Strike and there was Dota and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but League is definitely growing fast, and it's interesting to watch how that's going and that it's actually getting views um, from people who are non-gamers, and it's actually getting on ESPN for the world, at least. It's definitely exciting stuff. Yeah, and it's actually drawing college attention, too, which is just showing that it's growing faster and faster. If you can actually get a scholarship for League, that's a... A scholarship for video games? Say what? Yeah. That's the world we live in now. It's uh, equal parts exciting and kind of surreal. Yeah, so, you know, those developments have been very, very interesting. And uh, I don't know if there's uh, anything else that we've been uh, been playing. Is there anything else that you guys kind of want to talk about? Or is that kind of uh, most of it there? No, that's the most of it, really. Um, I played played Astroneers a little bit, which is a. Uh, well, tell me about that. I'm I'm curious. Uh, it's an interesting little uh, indie game for space. Uh, you you uh go to a I don't know if it's random. You go to a planet, and oh oh, by the way, multiplayer is uh available for it. So like, if a couple of us want to get on and like all go farm the same planet um <laughs> it's it's a uh, mining i guess you could call it is uh totally the whole world is destructible basically by your little uh i don't know what to call the tool <laughs> i don't know is this some sort of like uh, mining laser or how does it work it you just like suck things into your vacuum. weird the space vacuum space thing. vacuum <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and like you gather materials and you build things, and I'm not sure what the real objective is other than getting to different planets. Um, it's got better a lot of potential. Than no man's sky. Yeah, it's better <laughs> than No Man's Sky. It's only twenty dollars. Well, that's not saying much. Um, the art style is really cool. Um, really simplistic. Uh, I mean, it's a really interesting little indie game to pick up. Uh, with like Minecraft esque things to where you are farming and building. Uh, on my wish list. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't know how much time to put into where we anyone would put into it right now because I'm not sure if it's in alpha. Or... I think it's alpha. Um, so obviously there's more to come for it, and there's probably like a rely like more of a objective later to come um, my center of the universe 
I hope not. Fade to black. Maybe screen. it's yeah. Maybe it's to get back home or something. It'll be interesting to see how that goes, but it's a fun little game. Uh, I always like to pick up indie games, um, not once a month, but every once in a while to see what's going. Support <laughs> developers and stuff. For sure. Not to uh, backtrack much on what you were saying, but uh, did you guys hear that No Man's Sky won an innovation award at the Game Developers Conference for being for the what? most for being the most innovative title of last year? Innovative for lying, <laughs> right? Innovation <laughs> and uh, game marketing. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the funniest part was how to, how to not market how to your make game least. <laughs> Of a game while selling the most of it. The funny part was, even though, you know, the nominees for these games are put on ahead of time, uh, turns out none of the developers were at the conference to accept the reward. Oh, weird. It's like they didn't expect to win. (laughs) (laughs) At least that's what I heard. I I don't know if that's completely true, but that's what I heard. So I'll take it over a grain of salt. Maybe they're working on a new ending. I, I mean, I do like how the developers for that game are like, guys, we messed up. We're sorry. And they're not like, hey, our game's great. Shut up. Have they even said they're sorry? I mean, that one guy was pretty depressed sounding on I, Twitter. I don't even know so. if they've made an official tweet on the Hello Games Twitter since the game came out. Yeah, I so think they, they like hid in their holes. Dark. Yeah. I mean, they made a lot of money because the game was supposed to be good. I want my money back. Yeah, so... Did anyone did anyone see if, like, that lawsuit went through? That'd be interesting to know. For the No Man's Sky? Yeah, oh, the, uh, the advertisement thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, the results of the investigation just came up, and they're, they were just like, nah, they're, they wasn't really false advertising because of yada, 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 copyright, yada, yada, yada. It's like, oh, okay. All right, because Hello Games gave us this much money, so yeah, they, they slipped us uh, some money under the table. It's fine. <laughs> but no, I mean, if the investigation turned out no, nothing substantial, then uh, nothing substantial showed up. Did uh, the update that they made has that come out? Oh yeah, they had that big update not too long ago where they added the base build into the game. Um, Makes no sense to me. Whatever. I still think it's really weird that like. They added the ability to build bases, but the entire point of the game is to fly in a spaceship to different planets, exploring planets that are slightly and you can't different go color. Back to planet to leave, right? They probably changed that. They might have added a way to do that, but it's still kind of counterintuitive because there's really no reason to stay in one place. Yeah, and from what I, what I remember, the map of like trying to find things, like of picking where you're gonna go, was like nothing was labeled it was just pick a star in the distance and we will there yeah at least added like some sort of a autonomous economy mechanic or something or you could build like a network of trade ships or something there um there was some there, the economy was interestingly done um in that well it was all based like, off your own work though right no um, farm but, stuff came back Bought a bigger what they, ship. What, what, what they said uh, was you were supposed to be able back. to 
influence everyone's Sell it. like economy. Bigger ship. That ship up. Fill it up. We get it. <laughs> no man's sky. Sell it. <laughs> it was stupid. The, the whole point of it was like, once you got to a point where you were basically start with getting bored, you were done with the game. It was the same box game with a point of progression that didn't have a point because it would reset your progression. I don't know, but that's the whole thing. But uh, I don't know. I will check out Astroneers. It's uh, in early development. Haven't promised anything cool yet. So no hopes to get up, but that means there's room for hopes. It's always good to keep expectations in check. Oh my gosh, that's so depressing. I think of any other games that can't really come to mind. Obviously, there's Wildlands, but the whole thing. Um, I I just bro, looked up tomorrow, correct? Oh yeah, Wildlands comes out. Oh, I uh, that ordered tomorrow. parts for my new computer. That'll be done in a week or so. Can you give a definitive answer of what build you're going for? I can. I'll pull it up <laughs> for the uh, the PC gaming techs out there. The case I chose was the Be Quiet Dark Base 900 Pro. Ooh. The orange and black. Uh, and I don't know, just because I wanted to do orange and black this time, because it right now is red and black. I didn't want to go with MSI, so I went with Gigabyte. So I have the Gigabyte um, uh, Gigabyte Auroras uh, Gaming 5 motherboard. And the Aurorus GTX 1080, the i5-7600K, mm-hmm. and then the Corsair Dominator Platinum 8GB. It's going to be a pretty beastly machine there. And just a couple of two, two terabyte hard drives, and then hundred or 250GB M.2. Power supply, but it's not really. It's power supply. It does what it needs to do. (laughs) Does what it do. (laughs) Awesome stuff. Yeah. So once once you get that all put together, kind of looking forward to hearing some of the the benchmarks you get. Orange, white, and black build. So I thought that was pretty unique. Oh, that sounds cool. I haven't seen a a color scheme like that too often. The only thing I did actually find orange eSOTA cables for all my hard drives. How did you pull that off? That did you have to go through a special retailer? Or did they have them at Newegg? No, they, well, I mean, it was through Cable Mod, but it was oh, on okay. Newegg, which I was impressed. Oh, interesting. You don't see that every day. Yeah, I'm. I may get custom shrouded PSU cables, but I probably won't do that for a while, just because it's kind of a big investment, and you need to like go and measure all your cables, and you need to know what cable. Mm-hmm. Right on. Not at that step yet. <laughs> one step at a time right there don't want to rush through a PC build like that especially with uh, each of those individual components being pretty top of the line um, in hardware news though we didn't really touch on the new AMD 
That's right. AMD's, but, um, they're releasing the Ryzen CPU lines. So far, I've seen pretty good reviews um, for the price per bang per buck ratio is pretty good from what I've seen. It sits below the 6900K, which is uh, Intel's thousand, thousand and whatever dollar processor. It's expensive. Um, even though you can get better Intel processors with more power than their thousand dollar one, but uh, that's a different thing. But what I saw is it was being marketed as like a workstation versus a gaming CPU. So if you're into the more workstation rendering type of thing, you kind of want to get into those um, versus, you know, an Intel processor. Price point you're looking, I think the cheapest, the 1700 is at 350. And then the 1700X is... 400 and then the 1800x is 500 and i think most mm -hmm. i think base clocks 1700s 3.9 gigahertz and then 1800x is 4.1 base clock which is pretty high um they're all eight core so you got obviously better multitasking with multi-threaded cpus but you're going to be like running who knows what on your computer? You probably be better sticking with a smaller core, right? Uh, Though it's not too often you run into CPU bottleneck in games nowadays. I feel like I don't know. Maybe AMD's kind of been doing this multi-threaded CPU thing for a while. I don't know. I mean, it works for you know heavy loads for like rendering, you know, your big old animation segments, but. Mm -hmm. popular as intel has they have more diversity in their products but oh for sure if you are an amd guy you've got something new to put in there and it is am4 so it is a new chip chip set will have to get a new motherboard i'm pretty happy to hear that uh the amd's new line of cpus they're actually pretty good um if I was looking at doing a new build right now, I'd actually be strongly considering one of those since I am someone that would utilize the multitasking capabilities of their CPUs. And, you know, I actually need it for like video rendering and doing other things at one time other than just gaming. But, um, yeah, I hope that I'm hopefully they, uh, they do well so that, uh, competition stays alive in the, the CPU and GPU scenes. Cause I feel like if, uh, AMD were to fall behind too much and, Intel and NVIDIA could just do whatever they want. The prices would just jump to even more ridiculous prices than they already are. Yeah. Uh, if anything, it'll just lower the prices of their CPU, higher-end CPUs. Mm -hmm. well, let's go to here. Um, as far as stuff that people may be able to look forward to as far as gaming goes in uh, the month of March, uh, on the 3rd, so just a couple of days ago, we actually saw the release of Nintendo's newest console, the Nintendo Switch, to some mixed opinions and mixed reviews there. But um, the one shining light for the Switch, for sure, if uh, if you don't have a Wii U, is uh, the ability to play The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which, um, for those that have been trying to avoid spoilers, I'll just say that the reviews for Breath of the Wild are 
quite one-sided. I'll just say that. I won't say on which way they are, but um, definitely, <laughs> definitely uh, a title that is surpassing people's opinions in some manner. Uh, there's also the Lego Worlds game coming out. Uh, for those that are looking forward to an action RPG kind of game, there is uh, Near Automata, which is also getting good reviews from what I've heard. Uh, then when, uh, we were talking about this earlier, but Ghost Recon Wildlands, I think it's coming out tomorrow. Is that what I heard? I believe so. The 7th, right? Yep. Okay. By the time you're listening to this podcast, Wildlands will be available for purchase. Uh, so if you're looking for an open-world co-op shooter kind of game, definitely one to look at. Uh, then later in the month, we have Mass Effect Andromeda, the anticipated spin-off sequel to the Mass Effect trilogy that no one knows anything about, really. So that's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on to see how it's received. Uh, for fans of sports genre, we have MLB The Show 2017 making its way to the PlayStation. And for those that want a remake of a classic rhythm-based game, we have Parappa the Rapper Remastered coming to PlayStation 4. That's so fun to say. Parappa the Rapper. That's a great game, honestly. I'm, maybe, I'm not really interested in the remaster of it, but back when I first played it on uh, PlayStation 2, though, that was, that, was, that was fun. Good stuff. Uh, that's uh, that's going to do it for this episode, I think, unless uh, there's anything you guys want to add on or... Any final words? Um, I don't know. Just uh, try and remember to eat and sleep. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to uh, getting my hands on Breath of the Wild here in a couple of days. It's going to be a fun weekend. Quite a, quite a few good ones out there right now and still a few to come. Quite large time investments. <laughs> so. so many open world games. So many like action like RPGs. A reminder to stand up and stretch and eat but hey you do need sleep just a reminder (laughs) i can take the nintendo switch to the toilet there you go just get a neck strap for it (laughs) problem solved nintendo has cracked the code all right i thought nintendo was the one trying to make you less lazy they tried that (laughs) they're going in the opposite direction now like this isn't profitable. <laughs> yeah. All right, though, I think make some work. I think that's uh, that's gonna do it. Um, so we may or may not have some opinions on some of those titles in our next episode. Uh, probably sometime around the end of March, maybe beginning of April. I guess we'll we'll see how things go. But uh, until then, though, that's uh, that's gonna do it for us here at the Mouse and Joystick, and hope to see you guys here on the very next episode, whenever that may be. Until then, have a great prosperous gaming career wake me